Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Inside the junk hole. Oh my goodness. Well, sometimes that is better. It just tastes so damn good. Stargirl. What man's got Mars? Here, mommy. Here's Johnny. Thou art the one. Slut. Star child. Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight with. Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. As always, I'm Josh and I'm joined here with the Professor Smoke. Hello. And obviously, usually I toss to Will somewhere in there, but he's not with us today. As, as we are recording this, he is on uh, a huge week-long family vacation to Disney World. So we wanted to make sure that we could, you know, get this episode out on time. You know, we, we just go ahead and uh, do it without him this week. You will definitely get his thoughts on the movie on the next episode. And uh, stay tuned to the end of this episode, and we'll tease what we're going to be talking about next. But here's a hint. It's going to be another Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're we're definitely uh, right here at the beginning of the uh, holidays, you know, or the I should say the Christmas season. So you know, we're gonna do a couple episodes here that are uh, Christmas horror related. So this time we're gonna watch a movie that uh, I had not seen before called Better Watch Out from 2016. Smoke, have you seen this one before? Uh, I watched it once, uh, probably uh, maybe two years ago. I guess it was 2017 or 2018, somewhere in there. But yeah, I've seen it once. So I guess you know, uh, you know, before we get into uh, the background and uh, talking about the movie itself, I'll go ahead and uh, toss to the usual information. Um, if you want to email us with any comments or suggestions or whatever, you can uh, do that at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. You should be able to search All American Spook Show and find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We have a T Public page where you can get logoed, you know, logoed merchandise and uh, some other cool designs we have on there. And we also just recently launched a, a, a Patreon page, and that is patreon.com slash AA Spook Show. Um, you know, we're, we're just getting started on that, but there's some cool, like, little benefits. You know, if you uh, want to be a monthly patron and uh, help out the cause here, um, you know, with extra episodes and videos and stuff like that. So that's all getting cranked up. So uh, join in on the fun over there on Patreon uh, if you want some, you know, if this podcast just isn't enough and you want some more of the Spook Show. That's uh, that's right. Yeah, Will 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 come over and uh, make you breakfast or something if you pay yeah. enough. Yeah, he's not here, so I mean, he'll do anything you want, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. You don't want me to do that. I mean, I could put you some pop tarts on the plate or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need any pepper with that? Nope. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, like I said, I hadn't seen this before. Uh, Smoke, you said you've seen it once. So, like, what were your mm-hmm. initial reactions when you watched it the first time around? I liked it. I, I thought it was. Uh... I didn't expect it. I put it this way. I didn't know anything about it going into it. It just happened to be 
I, I know it was, I think it was 2016 when it was made or came out or whatever, but I don't think it actually made it to streaming services or red boxes or whatever you want to call it until 2017. So that might have been when I saw it. It was pretty new to streaming services or whatever when I saw it. So I had no idea what it was going into. It was just a new Christmas horror movie. Me and my wife watched it, checked it out. And we both were uh, impressed with it. it. Like I said, we didn't expect anything out of it. A lot of times you get that, you, you know, new Christmas comes around, a new Christmas horror movie. At least there's two, probably three or four of them that come out just about every year now, it seems. Went into it blind and was uh, surprised, actually. Well, I mean, I was pretty much the same way. I mean, this is the first time for me, like I said, but I was coming in pretty uh, from, from a point where I didn't really uh, know anything about it other than reading the synopsis of it. I, haven't, uh, I did not watch the trailer before I watched it, so I was coming in pretty cold. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the same reaction. Like I was, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Like mm. this movie is, you know, and we'll get into that shortly. But it's like it goes one way, and then bam, it starts going another. You know, so like, oh what? yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's very clever. Um, yeah, because at one moment you, it's kind of a, it's it's comedy, it's humor, you know, in there, and you just don't know what. Well, you you do you do know the point when you're watching it, at which it t- flips around and becomes something totally different. But yeah, up to that point, it was just sort of a fam, almost family oriented, yeah, comedy in a way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean and, not and, comedy, but you know, humorous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holiday setting and all that stuff. It's but, definitely but you going know at a certain point. It's definitely going uh, the the uh, the the cookie cutter way. You know, like you've seen this yeah. you've seen this movie before. You know, for like yeah. the first thirty <laughs> or forty minutes of the movie, trust me, you've seen this movie before, and then it just flips the script. You know, and like I said, we'll get into that here shortly. But yeah, it's 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 pretty clever that way, and I, I definitely enjoyed it. And uh, you know, we'll get into our star ratings at the end of the episode. But So I guess before we get into the background of it, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for 2016's Better Watch Out. Want to put her in the mood? Watch a horror movie. Dude, she's like twice our age. I really don't think it's going to happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. <laughs> now don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So what do you want to do? Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me. What was that? What the fuck? Oh my god. Get away from the window. There's someone there. Ashley! Are you hiding? I'll find you. Don't worry, I'll protect you. Just go away. 
And that's the trailer for Better Watch Out. Now, like we mentioned before, like this movie was actually... I'll go ahead and get into the background because it'll kind of explain where I was going with that. It was released September 22nd of 2016 at Fantastic Fest. And then apparently like it played on the festival, you know, the movie festival circuit for a little while. That Well, I guess a little over a year or so before it finally got a uh, wide release, at least here in the uh, domestically in the United States, on October 6, 2017. So this thing was, it was a movie for well over a year, you know, that played here, there, and everywhere around the world before it finally became a thing here in the U.S. So I guess that kind of goes along with what you were saying, Smoke, that like, you know, it, 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 yeah, it was 2016, but it was probably late 2017, probably early 20, uh, 2018 by the time, you know, most people probably would have seen it here in the States. Yeah. It was. And I don't remember if the name of it, and you might have some information on this, because I know the original title was Safe Neighborhood, but yeah. I don't know if it made the rounds in the festival circuits with that name or if it had already been changed to better watch out. Yeah, I don't know what the timing of that was, but I did notice that, that it was called that, but I don't know if that was like a working title or. You know, they they decided to change up yeah. uh, for the wide release or not, but yeah, it it was known as Safe I, Neighborhood in some other places. I do know that it, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who did the poster artwork or one sheet artwork, whatever, the promotional artwork for the for the movie, he's I, I believe the one that came up with the idea of calling it Better Watch Out because it it was called Safe Neighborhood at that time, and I've seen some sort of promotional material with like a Christmas style, like a, almost like that traditional. Norman Rockwell type Christmas painting artwork mm. of like the kids at the window would like the holly wreath around the window. And then they had the title safe neighborhood underneath it. Yeah. But at some point, yeah, the guy who did the artwork for the, that was just sort of a pre production type artwork for it. But the guy who did the final artwork said, that you know, you need to change the safe neighborhood does not sound anything like to, to do with Christmas. So, needs to be something else and i think he's the one that came up with the better watch out and the, yeah and that which is a far better that much better title yeah far better name i mean like safe neighborhood like you're not that's got nothing to do with christmas and frankly <laughs> that's just a horrible title altogether like <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually mentioned once in the movie though you know that whole thing of like the title of the movie when it gets announced like boom boom credits roll credits into the movie yeah. they actually the kid he mentioned something about it being a safe neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At one point in the movie. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I, I do recall that. And I but, guess I mean, yeah, in, that's in that, just a ridiculous that context, title. It wasn't yeah, going anywhere. Yeah, in that context, I guess it makes sense. But, yeah, that's that's not... They they they, they figured that one out. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it seems like we've been on a string of movies here lately. Like, you know, the, the titles weren't necessarily the best. Yeah. I noticed that also it was in France, it was known as Watch Out. For whatever reason, they took out the word better, Watch Out. <laughs> And in uh, Italy, an alternative title to this was Scary Christmas, which, you know, that, that works too, obviously. <laughs> yeah. that, that one's more uh, blunt and to the point. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, like we said, uh, the, the festival, actually it listed here, Safe Neighborhood was the festival title. So maybe it was like the original title okay. at, the, at the festivals and stuff. And then, yeah, like you said, somebody comes along and says, no, nah, I mean, maybe you want to change that. And then that's what they did. Yeah, I forget who the company was. They went through some company to release it internationally once it got beyond the festivals i can't remember right now off the top of my head what the name of that distribution company was but they had released a fairly sizable you know decent really good movies at that time and it might have been somebody from that production company who took on the artwork and also it, like i had mentioned it had uh, requested the name change now now to that now to that it might have been one of the ones i'm about to mention it was produced by storm vision entertainment and best medicine productions 
but it was distributed by Wellgo USA Entertainment. So maybe yeah, that's it. Wellgo. Maybe it was them that yep. came along. Yeah. And apparently they were the ones that picked it up to distribute it here in the U.S. I'm sure there were other companies uh, internationally, but here in the U.S. it was Wellgo USA Entertainment. This movie is obviously rated R. The total runtime for this movie is one hour and 29 minutes. On IMDb, it's listed as a comedy slash crime slash horror. So th- that's the order of that's probably give or take. You know, you could de- debate, but that's probably about, that's an apt description. So on, over on IMDb, it has a rating of 6.5 out of 10 stars. And on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, actually really, it actually performs very well. Uh, on the tomato meter, it has an 89%, which is certified fresh. And the audience score is lower, ironically, but it's it's still pretty good at 65%. This is one of those rare horror movies where, like, the critics actually think a little higher of it on to, uh, over on Rotten Tomatoes than uh, the audience does. <laughs> Usually, horror movies are kind of the the flip, you know, like the, the audience. The other way around, yeah. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> audience enjoyed it, but the, the, the critics are like, no, no, it sucks, you know. Uh, it was filmed in Sydney, Australia. From what we could find, it had a budget uh, of about $2 million. And worldwide, it only grossed $176,000, so... As far as uh, money is concerned, this is a flop. Although I'm sure it's probably made its money back and then some on streaming and, and other things. And I watched this on uh, Shudder, and I noticed on Shudder it said it said Shudder exclusive, although I'm pretty sure you can watch it in other places, like Prime Video, I believe, and some other places. So maybe maybe they just never took that Shudder exclusive tag off of there. But, and <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe at first it was uh, you know exclusive to that. But the only reason I bring that up is that I'm sure that's probably how they made a bulk of their money off of it. You know, like, all right, well, theatrically it didn't, you know, or uh, domestically, or I should say worldwide in the box office it didn't make a ton. But they probably made more than that just, you know, uh, getting Shutter to slap the Shutter exclusive on it. You know, I'm sure they made oh, at least yeah. a million or so off of that. But that, that particular weekend that it came out, October 6th uh, through the 8th of 2017, I'll go down the top 10 of movies that were released that week. Number 10, or not released, but the, the top 10 in the box office that weekend. <laughs> Number 10, Battle of the Sexes. Number 9, Flatliners, that uh, remake. Number 8, Victoria and Abdul. Never heard of it. Number 7, The Lego Ninjago Movie. Number 6, American Made. Number 5, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which I believe that's the sequel, right, if I'm not mistaken. That, that, I think the first one was called The yeah, Kingsman or something. Yeah, yeah. Number 4, at which uh, obviously Will's not here, but we will say this is one of his favorite movies, My Little Pony, the movie. Oh, yeah. He's a brony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's not here to really expound on his fandom. Little known, known fact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 3, It. Now, it was in its fifth week, and at this point, had already made $305 million. So it was clearly the one cleaning up as far as horror is concerned um, by the time this movie becomes a thing. Uh, Number two, The Mountain Between Us. And number one at the box office that weekend, Blade Runner 2049, which I have actually still not sat down and watched that, believe it or not. And I, and I love Yeah, well, no, I can believe it because I have not either. And and I I have no excuse for it, none whatsoever, because I wanted to... I love the first movie. It's one of my favorites. Yep. Why have I not seen this? And I don't know. I don't know. And it's not for any reason. I mean, it's not because I don't think they did a good job of it. Yeah. I wanted to see it in the theater. Just never got around to it. Bought the DVD or the Blu-ray rather. Still haven't gotten around to watching that either. (laughs) I'm the same way. Like, well, I I don't think I bought it, but like I I wanted to watch this ever since like the trailers, you know, like, oh shit, I want to see this. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge uh, Blade Runner fan. For whatever reason, yeah. three years have passed, and I still have not watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. That Also, I cannot believe that all these movies that you're reading off, I can't believe that it's been three years since some of these yeah. <laughs> were out. Well, like I've said a couple times before since uh, this past March, like this year has felt like five years, you know? So like, 
when when yeah. I when yeah. I hear of something like, oh yeah, that was uh, that came out in 2019. I swear to God, it feels <laughs> like it was three years ago. You know, like yes, my yeah. my, my my calendar is all skewed. Thanks, 2020. You've uh, something else you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just managed to be the worst year in my lifetime and the longest. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's <laughs> felt like yeah. <laughs> Although, like I said before, during our anniversary episode, uh, ironically enough, it's been uh, our most productive year as far as the podcast is yeah. concerned. Uh, you know, a, more people are listening. More people are listening. We've been able to put out more content and everything. It's just this year has sucked, man. <laughs> but we'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap the year up here in the, in the next couple episodes. Uh, uh, hopefully, our first uh, episode of the year will be kind of a 2020 year in review episode you know where we'll talk about some of our favorites from 2020 and you know horror releases and maybe some other movies too um so we'll, we'll kind of have a, a uh we'll wrap it up and then move on to 2021 like everyone wants to do you know <laughs> months ago so yeah but anyways getting back to uh better watch out so that, that's kind of your snapshot as to what was going on in the uh, box office that particular weekend I'll, i always find that interesting i also found that this movie was actually nominated for an award it was nominated for a saturn award which, like I said, this movie came out in 2017, so it was nominated like at the 2018 Saturn Awards for Best Horror Film. I'll name off the other nominees, and you tell me which uh, which one you think won. Like I said, Better Watch Out, 47 Meters Down, Annabelle Creation, It, Mother, and Get Out. What do you think? Huh. Out of those, which one do you think won? Out, well, logically speaking, which I say when you mentioned those, what would I say that I think would win? I think it would be It. Mm -hmm. But also I could go with Get Out. As yep. being an innovative type film for that, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I'll say it. Huh? No, it was Get Out. Get Out one. Oh, uh, Get Out. Okay. Like I said, I, and I think we've talked about 2017 before. Like when we were watching something else. Like maybe it was when we watched Annabelle Creation, or maybe even it. I can't remember. It was one or the other. But mm -hmm. uh, I th really think that year is going to go down as like one of the kind of underrated years, so to speak, of, in horror history. Like th there's those movies I just named, and there's a handful of others that came out that year that performed pretty well. Or, you know, critically did pretty well that like, I think, yeah. you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you'll look back and say, man, 2017 was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, like, ironically, uh, out of those movies that it's named, this is the third one on that list that we've actually talked about here with Annabelle Creation, It, and Now This. So, <laughs> um, Mother. Now, I went and saw Mother in the movie theater yeah, when I it came out. That, you know, that one right there, man, like, what the hell, yeah. you know? <laughs> That <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I can say. That's Darren Aronofsky, right? I yeah. believe. Yeah. And see, I, and I, some of those types of movies right now are kind of what I'm is what I dig with the, when it comes to what you might call a new horror is things like that, like The Witch, you know, Hereditary, Midsummer. Those those types of movies that are that are uh, I don't know the most postmodern of horror, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Kind of the direction certain writers directors are going in or whatever is that. Uh, Headfuck, basically. It's headfuck yeah. horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably an, as apt a description as you can get. I was about to say it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to uh, name that genre, but uh, yeah, headfuck is yeah. Uh, and that and that one's got it in spades, man. That movie, Mother. Good lord. Yeah. That's that's definitely one of those kind of movies, though. You watch it, at least in my opinion, you you watch it once. You probably aren't going to go out of your way to watch it again. Not saying I wouldn't watch it again. Just it's not one of those ones I'm going to plug in and watch. You know, like it's not it's not in my rotation, so to speak. You know, like. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. Like, you know, you've kind of already uh, busted that bubble, so to speak. But it, it was really good, just weird as hell. And it's it, it's it's definitely one that makes you stop and think, you know, afterwards. Like, what the hell did uh, I just Also, watch, what, what I like about those movies, too, sometimes is that at the end of the movies, you know, the last frame was on the before the credits roll. Inevitably, you hear at least one, if not more, or multiple. What the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, like that's the <laughs> that I'm, was one that like people were like looking around like what the. I'm pretty sure that's the last movie. Too. Like now, now it's been you know uh, we're knocking on a year since I've been to a movie theater. Yeah. Um, but before that, obviously, you know, I would go quite often. Pretty sure that's the last movie that I went and saw where people got up and left. Oh, like, really? Before it ended? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like within like you know uh, I'd say an hour. You're about an hour or so in, forty five minutes to an hour in, like. Three people got up and left when I uh, when I went and saw that. They were just like, "Man, fuck this shit," and then got up and left. You know, like so that, that should tell you all you need to know about Mother, right? You know, like it's definitely not for everybody. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it's it's not for everybody. Yeah, the same. The witch had that same reaction from people that I was in the. Not that I don't remember about people leaving or not or whatever, but just that the credits start rolling and people are like shaking their heads, looking around at each other, trying to figure out what the hell they just watched or whatever. Yeah. I actually watched <laughs> yeah. that. I actually watched that one with my, uh, like at my house, but it was with my brother and my dad mm. and they were both, yeah. you know, I would say that they both, <laughs> they both mainly fall like to the mainstream category of movies, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, you get anything kind of weird like that. They're like, what the, what the hell are we watching here? You know? <laughs> and that was definitely their reaction to uh, the witch when we saw it, like, yeah. I'm like man, this was really good, and they were just like, well, I, I don't know, that was that was <laughs> weird, you know. Uh, that's definitely not an uncommon reaction. Even you know, you get that from a lot of diehard horror fans too that are that are split, polarized towards those type of movies that see that the witch and all those ones just we just talked about as being sort of too highbrow. Yeah, know? yeah, highbrow. <laughs> another, like another good description. You're right. Yeah, um, I mean, I I like that. I like. I think. I think that that pushes the genre forward, you know, when you get something, because otherwise you just have derivative stuff just always coming out. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always good to push things forward by having some different categories of films coming out. And I mean, I I like those directions they're going and hopefully see more, more development of that, I guess. And a good handful of the ones that you've mentioned here, like, you know, like Get Out and uh, Midsommar and uh, The Witch and a few Mm -hmm. others, that's definitely what they are, man. Like they're, they're pushing the genre in different ways. You know, and and it's and that's a good thing, you know, like sometimes, you know, uh, with any genre, but especially horror, you just get into that. And they did it in the 80s and and then they tried to to kind of break it up in the 90s and kind of return to it a little bit in the early 2000s where it was like it's paint by numbers. You know, you don't break from the formula too much. And uh, there's only so many. Don't get me wrong. My favorite genre or my favorite era is the 70s. I mean, if I had to break it down, 70s and 80s, that's my favorite era of horror. Mm -hmm. But just because I just because that is my favorite era doesn't mean that I want to just watch everything that's derivative of that yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean coming now there's a lot of like retro 80s and retro 70s movies that come out that i do enjoy but i don't want to see that 100 percent of the time these days I, you know you do you need that something to push it forward yeah and you watch those movies over and over again man you want to punch yourself in the face just because it just becomes <laughs> the same thing kind of over and over you know like if you just watch like a hundred eighties movies in a row. You just like, all right, man, this is, you know, like I like a lot of these, but I hate a lot of these now because there's so much alike, you know, like you have to kind of mix it up with some other stuff. Right. Same thing. If like, you're watching a bunch of like British horror from the seventies, you know, it's like, <laughs> like uh, it's, there's some good stuff there, but like, man, it's like watching Shakespeare yeah. sometimes, you know, so it, it gets to be yeah, you gotta, you, very yeah, repetitive. It's good to be well-rounded, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be well-rounded exactly. As a horror fan or whatever, I think uh, I, I, I don't see. I don't know why people just dismiss everything outright as being just too highbrow for you know. No, you uh, got to give it a chance. I just, think you should be well rounded. Yeah, give it a chance. You give anything check a, it out. Maybe you, know. you give anything a chance because case in point, back to the movie that we're talking about. This movie would would uh, dash any of your expectations. I, I guarantee it. It's not what you expect. You know, if if you haven't if you've listened up this far and you haven't actually watched this movie yet, 
go pause this and uh you know b- besides the fact that we're a spoiler podcast um but pause this go watch this movie and then come back because like this is one of those kind of movies where like you kind of need to see it for yourself um there's a pretty big twist you know and, and you're not necessarily going to see it coming but that that's why you give anything a chance because if you just watch this on face value you think ah you know this is just <laughs> yeah. one of those paint by numbers or if you watch it home invasion i don't know what the time period is in the movie where it takes this turn but if up to that point, you might be thinking they're sitting there thinking that it's one of these derivative type horror movies that we we're talking about, where it's just, oh, okay, it's just this type of movie. Okay. Oh, I, I was. I mean, I'm, what it's going to be. You know? I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. I was getting bored with it. Like, you know, that first 30, 40 minutes or whatever, I was getting bored with it. I'm like, yeah. like I said, I've seen this movie, man. Like, what the hell? You know, what's going on? You know, and then then it changes, you know, which, which uh, made me enjoy the movie even more. But yeah, like, it was very paint by numbers for a minute there, you know? <laughs> mm hmm. And I'm yep. just, I was almost to the point where I'm like, damn, you know, obviously I'm going to watch this for the podcast, but Jesus, man, this thing's, you know, just, <laughs> I've seen this. Yeah, so yeah I, could, just, I remember that too. That, that was sort of my initial reaction to the first time seeing it. Yeah. Uh, however, years ago, whatever, whenever it hit stream. But point point is, is patience and sometimes give things out, you know, give it, give it a chance, even though it may not be exactly what you expect at first or, or what your expectations are going into it. And sometimes they can pleasantly surprise you. Any film. So uh, this one falls into that category, and there's plenty of others, you know, over the last uh, decade or so that will probably pleasantly surprise you. You know, some people just get hung up like, well, the 70s and 80s, that's it. Nothing good has happened since then. That's not true. There's a lot of good stuff. You just got to weed through the shit sometimes to get there, you know. So. Yep. And don't be afraid to go back to the damn 20s either. That's the other thing I hate, too. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes people will, like, I don't want to watch Nosferatu. It's it's. It's an old time movie, you know. It's no good. And what's going to be in it for me? You know? Well, then, yeah, then some people have just that that bias of uh, old movies. Yeah. Like, I, like I've said before, my <laughs> wife's that way. Like pretty much anything before say 1980, man, she's out, you know? <laughs> and, no, and God just forbid. Just based on the, on the, the just, look of it and every feel well, of it. Yeah. <laughs> just the, the age of it. Like she's just like, nope, I'm, I don't, yeah. I'm, I know I'm not going to like this, you know? And some people are like that with black and white, you know, in general, like they're just not going to watch anything. It's not in color, you know? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah, don't, don't have those, try not to have those biases, open your mind a little bit and you, you might be pleasantly surprised. Um, a lot of the movies that are made today are based on something that happened probably 80 years ago anyways. But back to this movie, better watch out. Now, this was released on DVD and Blu-ray December 5th, 2017. So it only, from its wide theatrical release, quote-unquote, of October 6th, it was already on Blu-ray by December 5th, you know, two uh, two months. <laughs> so, uh, And I'm sure digitally and everything, that's probably about the time it hit Shutter, maybe shortly after that or something. So probably around the Christmas of 2017 is when most people would have seen this. So it was directed and written by Chris Peckover, who the only other thing I could find that this dude has done uh, other than this was uh, uh, a movie called Undocumented. Um, That's pretty much it for him, and he hasn't done anything since since this movie. I think there was something... There was talk of something, but he was supposed to have gone in production on on the next movie and like... March of 2020, you know, but that was before COVID, right, right as COVID was hitting. So whatever that was has been put on hold, I'm sure. The other writer of this movie was Zach Kahn. Um, he was a writer on, uh, you know, like, not, I don't think it was called Mad TV. I think it just came back, like, in 2010, and it was just called Mad. I want to say it was on, like, the CW or something like that. But he was one of the writers on that. And uh, he also had a bit part in uh, Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser, <laughs> um, which I have <laughs> Not watch Joe Dirt too. I used to love Joe Dirt, the first have, one. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen the second one. I either. haven't seen the second, but I think it was one of those like direct to video type deals too. I don't even think it got a theatrical release on that. One thing I too know too about the storyline, and I don't remember if it was Zach Khan. I guess he was the original writer of it. I know that yeah. before the director came on board, 
he had somehow got a hold of the story script. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was a script or just a bare bones storyline at the time, but apparently the original story of this was the beginning part was similar to what it is now, but at that turning point that we're talking about, the movie as it was originally written took a turn into like uh, torture porn. Basically, <laughs> it was a lot, it was way more extreme than what came out, and then I guess the director got a hold of it, liked liked the the basis of it, and then I guess rewrote it with that con and into what it became. Just lighten it Tone up. down some of this, the extremeness, I guess, of it. Yeah, just kind of lighten it up a little bit. Um, yeah, because I, yeah, I, so I, it wasn't so dark. <laughs> I should have been more specific. Yeah, it was written by Zach Kahn and Chris Peckover, but it was based on a story by Zach Kahn. So this, I'd say this oh, yeah. is more Zach Kahn's than it is uh, Chris Peckover's, but they both had a yeah. hand in the pie. The movie itself stars Olivia DeJong, I think is how you say it, D-E-J-O-N-G-E. Yeah, I believe that. Um, Olivia how... Dijong as Ashley. Um, she, you know, but she's basically the, the she, well, she's not basically, she is the babysitter in the movie. So she's, uh, she's the main, uh, female actress in the movie. She would be best known for the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Visit. She was also in The Sisterhood of Night. What is this? Something called Will. Okay. That's a, that's a TV series. I'm sorry. Uh, I got confused with, uh, Will, who's usually on the show. It just, uh, threw me off. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a, t- a TV show that was on like TNT or something. The other main lead in this was uh, Levi Miller as Luke, and, and I think he does a great job in this movie. Yeah, yep. as a kind of like coddled weirdo, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To not to give, to give too many spoilers away quite yet, he was he would be best known for uh, Pan, um, which I think was another one of those like Peter Pan remakes. There's been like a hundred of those damn things. Oh yeah, um, true. He was yeah, that, that is something that never will never get old. I mean. The, the concept, not to, not to get off on a tangent or anything, but just the concept of the Lost Boys and the whole story behind Peter Pan and something. Yeah. <laughs> we told, told in different ways. You know? yeah, I mean, I, look at the Lost Boys. Yeah. And I haven't seen that one. It, that was the one that came out five years ago in 2015. Yeah. But that one is that with one uh, uh, Hugh Jackman in it and uh, uh, Rooney Mara and a handful of others. Uh, I haven't watched that one, but I, I'm sure it's fine. It's just, you, you kind of like, any, anytime I see anything that has to do with Peter Pan or whatever the hell, I'm just like, oh, here we go again. You know, like... I'll get to it. I'll get to it one of these days, but I'm not going out of my way for it. You know, that's at least that's my mentality. He was also in Red Dog, True Blue. <laughs> it looks like one of those like, you know, uh, direct-to-video kids type movies, and uh, another movie oh, called yeah. another movie called Jasper Jones. So you know, he he's still a, a kind of up and coming, so to speak. I mean, he he had a, a role in Wrinkle in Time. He he played a, a bit role in uh, the TV series Supergirl back uh, in 2015. So. Um, he, you know, he's, he's kind of one of those dudes that I'm sure you'll hear more about as the years go by and you'll look back and say, Oh yeah. yeah I know a, the director like, chose him for this movie because he looked like, or he said he looked like, uh, a young Leonardo DiCaprio, which, which yeah, mm. after, yeah, I guess you could see it, you know, if you stare, oh. stare long enough, I guess <laughs> <laughs> it stars Ed Oxenbold as Garrett. He, he's, he's Luke's friend, best friend in the, uh, in this movie. He's, you know, kind of the nerdy kind of kid, uh, in the movie that wears glasses. Um, he was also in The Visit with Olivia de Jong. And, and that would have been prior to this, right? Like, that was in uh, 2015, yeah. So that was, uh, that was probably a year, a couple, year or two before this. Obviously, this came out in 2016, so it was probably about a year or so before. He's also known for Alexander and The Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day and uh, Paper Planes. He's been in a number of things already. He's already got 22 acting credits on IMDb. So once again, you know, this is a fairly young cast, so... A lot of these are kind of like 
I think 10, 10 or so years down the line, you'll look back and say, wow, you know, that uh, that movie Better Watch Out had a few, you know, like future stars in it. Or it could be one of those things like, well, that was the only thing they were really ever in, you know, like one or the other when you get a young <laughs> cast. But um, it stars Alex Meek, Meek, uh shit. Here we go with the pronunciations again. <laughs> M-I-K-I-C. So Mikic, Mikic, uh, Mikic, Mikic, that sounds right. Alex yeah. Mikic <laughs> as Ricky. <laughs> he was in pre- uh, Preacher. The, the TV series, which I've only watched the first season of Preacher. I need to get back into, like, catching up on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, I, didn't even, I don't even think I got – not because I stopped watching because I didn't like it, but I don't even think I finished the first season either. Yeah, uh, I, I know I definitely yeah, I finished the first season, but, like, I, I think I'd started watching the second and then just kind of stopped. So, I, like, I need to get back on that. But, once again, another thing today, no excuse for why I haven't watched it, just haven't watched it. But he was in a handful of episodes of that. Um, he would. He may also be known uh, from Secret City, which it looks like that was like another series. Saint Augustine. That was a movie. If I'm not. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a short film. Yeah. He was in a series called Call Me Katie, and that was slightly before Better Watch Out came, uh, came out. Right after that, he was a voice in The Nightingale. Um, so he hasn't done a whole bunch of stuff. He's got 16 acting credits, but a lot of those are like short films, believe it or not. It also stars Dakari Montgomery as Jeremy. Now, uh, right offhand, he would be best known from uh, Stranger Things. I'm sure that's where the main thing anyone would uh, recognize him from right off the bat. But he was also in uh, that Power Rangers movie from 2017. Um, he oh, was, yeah. Yeah, he was the Red Ranger. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. And so, that, I haven't seen that one yet. There's a, I haven't seen it either. And uh, the only reason I know that is because I was looking up a little bit on here. And he was actually making this movie, or it was about to go into production on this movie when he found out that he was getting the role. Uh, the Red Ranger and the Power Ranger. Now, Power Rangers, of course, money-wise and company production-wise, was a big, big deal, more so than this movie, as far as, you know, trying to get his name out there and get known. So his deal with this movie, his agent said that he could be in this movie and, and better watch out, but he couldn't do any stunts. And now there's a certain part in the movie where, before we get to the, you know, you won't get to it when we get to it in the story, but where they needed somebody to do a stunt or needed him or needed his face, and they had to, they had to work around certain elements uh, for him to do that. To do huh. this movie, to do the scene in the movie, yeah, because uh, they couldn't take risk getting getting hurt before going into production on Power Rangers and losing out on that possibly. I don't see why they just didn't get another actor because I mean honestly, dude, like the the role is so small. Yeah. yeah, it's a big moment, but it's a it's a what is it? Maybe five minutes of the movie. He's in? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. You, so yeah. how about you just get somebody that can do the damn stunt and then move on? You know, I guess they really they yeah, really yeah, wanted to get him in. But... I don't know if he's just had already like been cast in this movie then found out about it and it was too late for them to try and recast it or something i don't i'm not sure the details yeah. on that part of it because because he wouldn't have been of course he hadn't done stranger things yet or anything he wasn't like a yeah i was about to say like uh, this is his mean, first movie i think better watch out was his first feature film role i believe yeah yeah it looks like it is because like everything before this was like short films and stuff so yeah this would be his feature film debut but right? yeah i don't know what the reasoning of like definitely having to go with him on it was except that, that i do i know he didn't have the Power Rangers gig before this movie, or otherwise they probably just would have. You know, okay, well we'll find somebody else. So, hmm. must have already been through all the casting parts, and when he got the Power Rangers gig, it's crazy. I like you know, if you look at too late to recast or something. If you look at the way it broke for him, it's pretty much 2016 was like his breakout. You know, and then and, and yeah. 2017, yeah. like boom, it just the floodgates. Yeah. Like because he made Better Watch Out, A Few Less Men, and Power Rangers. And uh, another short film, like all at the same time, and then pretty much right after and that, Stranger which, Things. Stranger Things is like right after that, so yeah. it's like all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was a good call, the Power Rangers movie. Then you know, that that range of things that set things in motion for him, I guess, leading up to Stranger Things, which I'm sure he made a payday off of that one. <laughs> 
And uh, as far as the cast is concerned, there's only two other ones to mention, and these are actually the, the biggest names in the cast, uh, but they're not in it very much, you know, very long. It's the uh, uh, Luke's parents. His dad is played by Patrick Warburton. Robert Lerner is his uh, character name. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he's got a pretty thick list. I mean, like, I, I would imagine, like, right offhand, most people would probably recognize him uh, from Seinfeld. Wasn't he like Elaine's boyfriend oh, yeah. for a number of seasons there? Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, like few random episodes of yeah, how yeah, many yeah. episodes he, he would always kind of come in and out with, episodes or so. yeah on, on Seinfeld but um he's one of the voices on the Emperor's New Groove the B movie Bronk. uh yeah he was in uh the uh, uh the movie Get Smart you know the one from 2008 with Steve Carell he was in Men in Black 2 I mean tons of uh, small roles in in a ton of movies that literally go all the way back to 1986 he was in a TV series called The Paper or an episode of the TV series called The Paper Chase so he he's just kind of been in and out of every TV show and movie ever since then. And of course, his voice probably would be most recognized, not just, you know, Kronk on the Emperor's New Groove, but he was uh, Joe Swanson on The Family Guy, right? The the, the yeah. handicapped cop. Yep. <laughs> Wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tons of recognizable stuff. I mean, he was an episode of Quantum Leap, Northern Exposure, Murphy Brown, Mad About You. So pretty much every major series of the 90s. This dude had it, it was yeah. in at least one uh, episode of it, Designing Women. He was even in a short film called Dickwad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody would know him from. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if you don't remember Dickwad. him from Seinfeld or any of these other things, Dickwad. <laughs> um, yeah, highly recognizable voice, recognizable uh, uh, character actor. He's been in a ton of things over the last 20-plus years, or actually 30-plus years now. And uh, the mom, Deandra Lerner, was played by Virginia Madsen. Um, another one of those recognizable character actresses, oh, yeah. you know, from the last, uh, you know, 20 to 30 years. Uh, what was she most be known for? Well, from our listeners, Candyman, <laughs> right? She's like yeah, the main, definitely. she's like the main actress in Candyman, but she was in si the movie Sideways in 1995. She was in the prophecy, uh, all the way back, even in 1984, she was in the original Dune Yeah, and she's done a little bit of everything. And like, like I said, her credits go all the way back to 1983, slightly before dune she was in a movie called class and then apparently she was in she was in the music video uh kenny loggins i'm free heaven helps the man she was <laughs> she was in that music video and then she was in electric dreams and then dune which i'm sure you know would have been one of her bigger uh biggest breakout roles and then everything else after that because she was in a, n a number of other she was even in a, a depeche mode music video called but not tonight um, a number of other movies and TV series all through the 80s and 90s. Um, very recognizable, um, accomplished actress for sure. But uh, yeah, like. I'm going to have to go back uh, and tell a short story here, like a short diversion. But it has to do with that first movie she was in, Class in 1983. Mm -hmm. Not Class of 1983. Class, <laughs> class from 1983. The movie Class from the year 1983. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a humorous story, but Barry, it'll, it'll be short. But uh, before we ever had a home video player of any kind, I think we had a beta was the first one, but we didn't even have that at this time. Mm -hmm. We uh, Video stores used to rent, well, at least one of the ones here in my hometown, rented, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of CED discs. It was prior to LaserDisc. There was this capacitance electronic device disc. It was basically like this hard cover plastic sleeve the size of an al of a record album that you insert into the machine and you pull out the plastic sleeve and the disc which is like a sort of like a laser disc almost like vinyl stays in the machine and plays a movie hmm. no, so the, the sleeve is like a protective thing right i've seen just about every sleeve. format there is but i don't recall that one for sure I haven't seen that one. No, no. i've got a few of them i mean i, I actually have a ced machine too but, but i still got a few of the discs not from back then but 
what I found later. But yeah, that was one of the early early days of home video. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily before beta, but it was around the same time as beta, before VHS. Yeah. And uh, anyways, the video store rented that machine and rented the movies. So we rented that machine one weekend and rented some movies. And one of the movies was class. Well, one of the movies my dad rented was was a Playboy or Penthouse thing, right? Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever reason, when we rented all these movies and had them sitting in the, when he brought them home to the living room, he had, they were all just stacked there, including that Playboy one or Penthouse, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And so, of course, the day at work, me and uh, my cousin decided to put that one in. Okay, of course. We put it in, boom. Watch a little bit of it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then we go, okay, well, we better stop this now before you know, somebody comes home. So we put the sleeve in there, took it out, set it with the other movies. That night we go to watch, as a family, go to watch the movie Class, you know, the, the comedy <laughs> that she was in. So we go, Dad goes to put the put the Class movie, you know, thing in there or whatever. Hits play, and then the Playboy thing starts playing. <laughs> and then me and my cousin look at each other like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> How's that happening?" Hey, he's got no one so, to blame but himself for that one. Your dad. Well, he's like, still yeah. trying to figure out. He's still trying to figure out why when he put the Class movie in there, that movie started playing. <laughs> so then he goes and. To take it out, what happened was somehow or other, the movie never came out of the machine when we put the sleeve into the Playboy thing we were watching earlier and pulled it out. It didn't come out. It stayed in the machine. We assumed it was in the sleeve. So then when he goes to put the movie in there, somehow or other, it's inserted two discs in there. But the bottom disc was that Playboy thing, so it was still playing. So when he went to take it out, both discs came out in the class sleeve. So (laughs) he tries to get the disc out. So there's two discs now inside the CED sleeve. He's trying to get them out because they're rentals, and he ends up breaking the discs inside oh, the sleeve. <laughs> good lord! So, oh, yeah, we, so this we just, uh, this is a debacle. Got in some trouble with that one. Yeah. Luckily, though, the guy at the video store he told him the whole story. <laughs> me and my uh, badass cousin and me. Yeah. Uh, what we did, and then he said, like, okay, he didn't charge him for it. So yeah, yeah. we got lucky. Otherwise, we would have been asked with him. <laughs> yeah. I do remember, not like I said, anyway. I don't recall that format, but I do remember like having to uh, rent uh, like a VCR. I, rem- I remember my parents going to like a Kroger or a, you know somewhere like that or a rental store, and you you had mm. to rent like this is before they bought actually bought a VCR or yeah uh, yeah because yeah, the first thing we had was like a you know a VCR a VHS player, and uh, before they actually mm. bought one you could rent it. And then you rented a couple movies with it, or, or maybe two or three movies came with it, or whatever. But I definitely remember mm-hmm. that when I was, you know, golly, three, four, five years old. You know, before we actually got one, uh, renting yeah. uh, the VCR player. So that's another one of those things, kids today, right? They'd have no idea, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just they live in a whole different world than we did, man. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's much easier access to things these days. Oh yeah, so. you can just pull up Netflix, including and... watching those Playboy things I was talking about. <laughs> well, true, yeah, that's much <laughs> we had to easier. Really too. watching that type or finding that type of stuff. <laughs> You might still have to worry about getting busted, but you ain't got to worry about like something getting stuck in a machine anymore, at least, you know. Um, oh, yeah, and those damn discs, too, they, they scratched really easy because it was basically like a vinyl. It wasn't so much like laser discs as it was like a record. And yeah, there was an actual yeah. stylus inside the machine, like a, a needle that played the video, or played the audio and video. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, these things would get scratched easy because I remember another one favorite of mine renting on that format before we had a home video machine of any kind was uh, Revenge of the Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I rented that movie a few times and it had scratches where it would just stop. It was almost like, I guess almost like DVDs in a way whenever it's a smudge or something on it and it starts like skipping and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Except it was more like vinyl and the audio would skip like vinyl, like you know, when you got a groove cut into your vinyl or whatever and it sticks in that groove and stays. So we do that. But yeah, our, our first video thing was a Betamax and it, 
my parents bought that shortly. I guess they didn't hear about the VHS Betamax Wars <laughs> because yeah. they probably got a deal on that Betamax machine that was cheaper. And they went with that shortly afterwards. All the video stores, almost all the video stores stopped carrying beta tapes. And there was only like two video stores in town that had uh, betas that still rented them. And they, they weren't even making them anymore, beta, new movies on beta. They were just renting out the old ones. So they went with the wrong format, I guess, as far yeah. as... Oh, there was, there was a whole... That, that happened again, basically, <laughs> what, like 20, 25 years later, when the difference between Blu-ray and HD DVDs... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You kind of went in on one or the other, and like HD DVD lost hard, obviously. <laughs> So like, yeah. <laughs> and I had a few of those too because like uh, the Xbox 360 had a uh, an HD DVD oh, yeah. player that you could hook up to it. So like I had a few HD DVD players or a uh, uh, disc and uh, a computer that I still have to this day. It can play both. Still to this day, it can play HD DVDs and Blu-rays in it. It's got a one of those multi-use drives or whatever in it. So like, technically, I can still watch them. But yeah. Um, yeah. My the, my early buy-in was on the HD DVD, and that went belly up pretty quick. So <laughs> I had to go rebuy them and blue, you know, a few of those movies in Blu-ray later on. But let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So as always, you know, uh, tis the season to be merry, so I just decided to go on Audible and uh, look up Christmas Horror to see if anything would come up, and I actually found some of, uh, you know, a handful of results here. Um, I'm not going to read them all, but I found about 44 results, so, you know, that's just a... a, a a loose example of, uh, uh, you know, the wide array of things that you can find on Audible, uh, including Hark, the Herald Angels Scream, <laughs> by, a <number> of, <laughs> by a number of authors, um, narrated by Charles Constant and Terry Sch uh, Schnobbelt. Uh, it's 11 hours and 38 minutes of just random, like, uh, horror-themed, or I guess Christmas-themed horror short stories. Um, so that sounds pretty interesting. The Twelve Terrors of Christmas, a Christmas horror anthology. By Claudette Melanson, Lynn Lamb, narrated by Pamela Hershey. That one's exactly 13 hours long, and that's just from a couple years ago. So, sounds like some, uh, you know, another short story, uh, examples of short stories there. And let's see, we got A Christmas Haunting, Clark Mansion by Carrie Bates, narrated by Steve McCutcheon. That one's uh, just an hour and 21 minutes, so kind of a short story, but still uh, Christmas horror themed, you know. And, and there's a number of other examples in. Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll give you some more examples uh, throughout the month of December here. But uh, that just goes to show you there's a wide array of things that you can find on Audible, you know, other than the more obvious uh, mainstream type of cuts, you know, that you that everybody would want to listen for. If any of that strikes your fancy, especially here at the holidays, um, there are some uh, some choices for you there on Audible. So uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. So there you have it. I guess uh, with all the uh, the paid advertisements out of the way, we'll go ahead and get into the, the film itself. So the movie starts 
with uh, you hear the music or, or the Christmas music. Joy to the world is playing, and there's some kids playing in the snow. Like this girl's like making a snowman, and all of a sudden some asshole comes over with a bat and knocks its head off. You know, and then they kind of chase each other around. Then you're introduced to Ashley, who's driving like down the snow-covered street, and she's on the phone. And then a black car, like, as she's going down the road, a black car pulls out and starts following her. Which, you know, come to think of it, like, they never really came back to the... (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just now remembering that. Like, they never came back to that, did they? What the hell was that about? You know, did they... What was, uh... Do you remember what kind of car her ex-boyfriend was driving in that scene where he pulls up? I wonder if that was her, him just kind of stalking her or whatever, you know, or her current boyfriend kind of making sure she's going or what she was seeing, what she was doing. I don't know. Maybe, but either way, that's but kind of, they a, didn't ever, yeah, they never really, they never gave that away as far as it or somebody. Yeah. I don't think they ever came back and like fully addressed it, even if it was like one of the, <laughs> one of the boyfriends or whatever. But yeah. yeah, just reading that, I'm like, wait a minute. They never did come back to that. But like, a, they clearly <laughs> made it a point to notice that like this car pulls out and starts following her. Did yeah. Cause they kind of zoom in on the, well, not zoom in, but. The yeah, car, it's, camera it's, kind of pans to that car pulling out and following directly behind her. Yeah, it's a focal point. Like, you're supposed to notice this. This ain't by accident, you know? Like yeah. So then, uh, right after that, you're introduced to Luke and Garrett. These are the two main, uh, like, young... What well, were they supposed to be, about 12 or 13? I think is like... Yeah, I think they said, like, he's 12, but, yeah. like, he'll be 13 in, like, a month or two or something like that. So, you know, it's kind of that uh, preteen, you know, puberty's kicking in, kind of weird age, right? Both these boys. Yeah. And uh, they're talking shit in the bedroom, and basically... The, the whole point of all this is that Luke wants a, a piece of his babysitter's ass, Ashley. <laughs> That's the point of all this. And he's got some plan. He's got a big plan worked out to where he's going to make this happen tonight. Because apparently Ashley's about to move away and go to college or just move somewhere else. Whatever the hell she's doing. So, like, this is, might be his last chance to get with Ashley. So then right after that, you're introduced to his parents, Robert and Deandra. And, and she's clearly, like, uh, she's more of, like, the man in the relationship than he is. <laughs> like... <laughs> She, uh, she she straight up like asked him if he's ever sucked a dick. <laughs> the way he's acting. Yeah, when he, he was going to put some Christmas ornaments on the trees that were very, I don't know, feminine, I guess, ornament yeah, yeah. types. And she's like, there's no way those are going on the tree. And he's like, why? What's wrong with these? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you suck dick. Yeah. <laughs> suck dick. Are you sure you've never sucked a dick? Like you didn't have like a, a stretch in college where you were curious or anything like that? And he's just staring at her like, fuck you, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> And she basically calls him uh, a metrosexual or whatever, and you know. But basically, I think like he says, metro, right? You, yeah, he, he says, uh, metro. I'm metro. A, I must be a, a metrosexual. He says, no, you're not, because there's no such thing as a metros. You mean metrosexual? Yeah. <laughs> but basically, like this is all a setup that, like, all right, the parents are going out for the night. They've called in the babysitter Ashley to to watch after uh, Luke while they're gone, and Garrett is there, but then he takes off. Like, so basically that leaves, the parents leave, Garrett leaves, so it's just Ashley and Luke by themselves. He's trying to kind of like, you know, hit on her a little bit, but she's not, she's kind of just ignoring it, you know, she's kind of in her own world. And then eventually, like, she's there in the kitchen doing something, and then a spider walks across the counter, and then he, she tells him to kill it. And he's like, no, no, it hasn't hurt anything. And, you know, he just kind of like uh, gingerly picks the spider up and lets it go outside. By the way, that's a big ass spider. That's another like small uh, subplot of this movie. These spiders. Well, that one, that one, they came back to right. It was a very quick scene, but there was a scene in there later on where I think it ends up being. Well, we won't get into that, but yet I guess so. We get. I think that's another one of those allusions to Home Alone in this movie, right? There's a couple of little. uh, Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Tip of the hats to Home Alone in this movie. I, yeah. I, and then one really big one. Very much so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think that's another one of those little like uh, tip of the caps kind of thing. And But I'm just talking yeah. about specifically the size of the spiders in this movie. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, yeah. they don't have just like regular granddaddy long legs or, 
you know, just normal house spiders, man. They got like fucking tarantulas in this house. Um, then again, it is, uh, it's not supposed to be Australia, but it was shot in Australia. So I guess, you know, uh, where they're at, that kind of makes sense. Right. Cause like in Australia, the yeah. home of like all things horrible. Well, right. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. Well, wolf spiders that I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know my spiders. I mean, I would know if it was a tarantula, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it to, looked to me like it was a wolf spider. Now we have wolf spiders in the U S but they're not like as big as the ones that they have in Australia. So I yeah, don't know if yeah. that was just, I mean, they, you know, they don't make it a big point to make it smaller than a tarantula. It was either a baby tarantula or it was, or like I said, one of the wolf spiders, but that would make sense since it was Australia. And it's not a big thing throughout the movie, but there are a, a couple of scenes with spiders. And I just noticed like how big these damn yeah. things are. I'm like, Jesus, what the, <laughs> what kind of mutant wasteland do they live in? Oh, wait a minute. It's Australia. So, well, but, also while we we're talking about the spider too, there was another thing I, I read about there or, was uh, those spiders were they were going to do them digitally? Well, not necessarily for that scene, but the another scene that comes up a little bit later that involves yeah. a spider being on the actress's face. Uh-huh, yeah, it was on, you know, the scene I'm talking about Ashley, yeah. a little bit later uh, on Ashley's face. But that that was a real spider. They were going to do it digitally, but it was going to be too expensive. So she just she was she was did not like spiders, was afraid of spiders, but said, "All right, I'll just do it. I'll do it with a real spider." Yeah. And so there was a, that scene that we're talking about comes up later was an actual spider on her face. <laughs> so you get a more true reaction that out size. of it, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was the other thing, too. Her reaction was <laughs> was very much of terror because of her not being, you know, being scared of spiders. So. Uh, right after this, Luke pops open a bottle of champagne, and he's t- basically, I guess he's kind of, they're kind of alluding that he's, t- he's trying to get her drunk so he can, uh, you know, uh, have <laughs> sex with her or make out or whatever Alcoholically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but she, obviously she's not ha- like, what the hell, you know, you're only 12. You're not supposed to have that. And she takes it. And then, uh, she's, she goes to the kitchen to pour it out and she knows that the back door was open. So, uh, she goes over and closes it. And like, then eventually they have this little back and forth where she lets him have uh, some of the champagne or whatever. Uh, then the doorbell rings and, uh, uh, there's a mystery pizza delivery. It's like, well, you didn't order the pizza. I didn't order the pizza. Where the hell did this come from? <laughs> and that's another thing too. Like, uh, well, if I didn't order it and you didn't order, I ain't fucking opening the door. Number one, you know, like, <laughs> especially if it's just, you know, this situation, right? Um, I mean, I'm a grown-ass man. I could probably iron it out. But, like, when it's like a babysitter and the 12-year-old, like, I don't know, opening the door isn't the uh, the smart move, right? Um, but then not only yeah. do they open the door, but they take the pizza, you know? Like, <laughs> that's the other thing, too. Like, okay, I, I've opened the door and taken the pizza. I'm probably not eating it because I didn't order this. Like, God knows where this is coming what, from. Th- he, makes, he, he makes some comment like, oh, it's probably my dad that ordered it. You know, yeah, at yeah. Some point. But I don't yeah, I know think that's why that he, he really kind of... believed that. And I don't know that he, you know, knew who, why this pizza man was here necessarily. It's just a mystery, yeah, a mystery pizza man that he assumes, or at least lets her know that it, it may have been his dad that ordered the pizza. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But then you know, he doesn't like mushrooms on the pizza, and the pizza came with mushrooms. So she was like, "Well, why would your dad order pizza with mushrooms?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same deal again. They're eating, they're sitting there watching a horror movie, eating pizza, and then Luke tries to make his move. And like this time, he pretty much goes straight for it, and, and she shuts him down. Like he tries to kiss her, or maybe he does, or whatever, and she just pushes him off. <laughs> then like th- there was this little thing where like uh, uh, when she answered the door or whatever, there was like this uh, light up, like one of those huge like five foot tall light up Santas. She turns around and it scares the shit out of her. So she just sits it out outside. She sits it out the front door. <laughs> then she turns around like a little bit later on and the Santa is up against the window staring at her. And the back door of the kitchen is open again. So now they're they're properly freaked out because now they're hearing shit and they're seeing stuff. Um, she says, Luke, give me my phone. And he throws the phone and it lands right into the fish tank. And then like she makes like a pretty 
weak attempt to get her phone out of there too, right? Like, like the phone lands in there. She's like, oh shit. She reaches down in there and then like, it's right there. It's, uh, it's at her grasp, but then she still pulls her arm out, walks around the tank and then like gets on top of the couch to get down in the fish tank to get it and still doesn't get it out. Right. Like this thing like is is toast by the time, you know, they actually get around to it. This is, this is another thing that is a problem in modern horror movies. And it's been, and it has to be addressed in every situation in a horror movie is, cell phones you know everybody's got cell phones nowadays so before in horror movies before cell phone age you, you had to rely on landlines and more often than not if it was you know the, the killer slashes the landline to in the land yeah. to the end of the house so you don't have service of for a phone of it anyway so but with cell phones you got to find some way to get rid of it yeah and usually it's either they're in a remote location where they don't have cell phone service or they drop it and it breaks or something or gets thrown in a fish tank yeah <laughs> But I, I do think that, you know, they it is pretty clever how they cut out communications in this one, right? Because like you said, that's that's yeah. a big problem in, in this in today's society in general. So, like, they go about it by he throws it in the fish tank, and then later on when they try to go on the laptop, the Internet is out, right? Yeah. And then, like, they actually yeah. have a landline in this house, which is probably pretty rare in this day and age. That's out, which I'm assuming that yeah. might even be Internet-based, right? So, like, that they cleverly— yeah, it could be. They cleverly uh, eliminate all communications uh, out of this house. They open the front door because, like, apparently they hear somebody pounding on the door, and they're like, but they don't see anybody through the peephole. So they open the front door, and then Garrett jumps in and tackles Luke. Then pretty much right after this, they hear a crash upstairs. They go up and take a look, and uh, someone has thrown a brick through the uh, window upstairs. And this, this is, like I said, this is where they figure out that the phones and the Internet are down. Then they go back. And they back downstairs and they look and they uh, out at the front yard where she's par- her car is parked and there's a knife in her tires. So somebody's popped her tires. Then Garrett comes back downstairs with the brick. Says on the other side of this brick, it, there's a message. It says, you leave, you die. Then Garrett's like, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. And he runs out the back door and then it's like he gets sniped. Like he gets shot. You know, he just falls down and there's some blood on the snow. Then uh, this is when they freak out because they hear people, they hear somebody is there right after this so then you see someone upstairs like wearing like a a, you know like a mask a hood mask and he's holding a shotgun and he's looking around in the house so they go all they go upstairs and they go all the way up into the attic to hide then this is when like luke's like i'm gonna go get my parents gun and uh, as he like kind of scurries to go do that ashley gets some spiders on her so she starts screaming and then she like falls backwards and like hits the attic door and almost falls but luke grabs her just in time so then they just decided to come out of the attic uh, <laughs> uh, after those tarantulas <laughs> fell on her fucking head. And maybe they just use bigger spiders because they're more, like, you can see them better in a movie, right? Like you said, they did use Probably, a real yeah. spider there. Yeah. So maybe that's why they use, like, a bigger spider. But this thing damn near looks like a tarantula to me. Yeah. Which God knows what kind of place do you live in in the winter where there's tarantulas <laughs> falling on you in an attic. Like, <laughs> you live in a nuclear wasteland. But uh, Luke goes for the gun. Like, he leaves her, like... They come out of the attic. Now, the attic door is in, like, the laundry room. So Luke leaves her by herself in the laundry room and goes out and gets the gun and comes back. And then they take off and hide in his room in the closet. Um, as they're hiding in the closet, Ashley then recognizes, like, the guy comes in, whoever this uh, uh, burglar or whatever he is, the intruder in the house. He's in the, he's in the room now, and he's looking around. And then Ashley looks at the guy through, the, like, the closet, you know, the, uh, the closet door. And notices that, yeah, yeah, the little slats, yeah. Um, And notices that, wait a minute, this dude is wearing Luke's mask that you saw in a picture a little bit earlier. Like, she she makes it a point, like, stop and look at this picture in the hallway. 
and it's of uh, Luke and his parents like going on a ski trip, and he's got this uh, particular type of mask on with like these little rabbit ears or something on them. She notices that this dude is wearing that mask. She's like, wait a minute, what the hell, Garrett? And then, as it turns out, all this time they had faked everything, basically so Luke could uh, get with her. Like his whole idea is, uh, well, he's <laughs> he, gonna, he could play the hero, you know. Yeah, he yeah, was going to go out there and take care of business, so, so to speak. <laughs> so she's like, "This is I can't believe this shit. I'm going to call your parents." And she storms out. Luke comes up behind her and says, "Wait!" And then just smacks the shit out of her, and then she falls down the steps. So this right here is where the movie takes a flip, right? Like you're thinking, yeah. "Oh, this is all pretty uh, innocent." You know, this this kid just horny basically and trying to get with his baby. Yeah, well, even up to this point. point up to that point before you even knew that it was somebody linked to him, you just figured it was, a, it was going to be one of these sort of home invasion Christmas horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Sort like, of thing. Like a well, kind of derivative typical type thing or whatever. Then you find out, no, it's uh okay. So the kid is doing is behind this. Yeah. And like you said, he's just this horny kid who's got more than a crush on her. And then he pushes her down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then, he, yeah. He smacks now, the shit now out of her. And she falls down the steps. <laughs> Now, like like I said, now you've got my interest because like at this point, I'm up to this yeah. point, and you're probably a good 30, 40 minutes into the movie right here. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I've seen this before. You know what's kind of the way this is probably going to play. Maybe the uh, the dad is the one doing this, you know, ha, 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 the end, you know. But no, no, this is, <laughs> it flips right here, right? Yeah. She falls down the steps. Now she wakes up, and she's tied up, like, you know, with duct tape. And then uh, Garrett is riding around on a scooter like, wee, look how fast I'm going. <laughs> he's two sheets of the wind because apparently he's been taking some Oxycontin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one scene earlier. Uh, now, I think it was uh, the son who gave him the Oxycontin from his mom's stash. Or something. But it, there was a scene earlier, remember, where uh, Garrett was in the bathroom yeah. before the parents left. And he's in the, the medicine mom cabinet. In the bathroom and the, like, hey, what are you doing in here? And he was like in the medicine cabinet going through her prescription drugs. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, oh, no, I was just looking for some itching cream or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Bottom shelf. Uh, and then she's like, it's on the top shelf now. Yeah, get yeah. it and get out of there. Yeah. And he's like, this shows I'm putting the prescription drugs back in the the little the pill bottle or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, you would think that's where he got the Oxycontin from. But I'm pretty sure it said that, uh, who's what's the main character's name now? Uh, Luke. <laughs> the, you know, Luke. That's not like he gave it to him or something because he asked, "What is this?" And he said, "Oh, it's oxy." Yeah, and he says something about how much how much of a dose he gave him or something like that. Maybe I gave you too yeah, much. Like or half, don't give yeah, like half. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Might have been too. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe he went in there and took it, but then like Luke's the one that gave it to him or something, or maybe the two are unrelated yeah. and that was just a goofy little scene. Who knows? But either way, he's clearly yeah. high on something and he's a part of it. So now you kind of put together like basically like all this has been a ploy just for him to get into Ashley's pants and like. They're half crazy about it. They start, she's tied up, and then they start playing truth or dare. And then eventually Luke grabs her boob, like in a dare, and then he grabs her boob. Uh, and she's like, he's like, did that feel good to you? So it felt like a little boy filling me up. <laughs> <laughs> so basically then Luke tells her to drink alcohol so she'll pass out and then basically forget any of this ever happened. So like as he's trying to kind of force it on her, she, she knocks the bottle out of his hand and, and it breaks. Right at that instant, the doorbell rings, and it's her boyfriend, Ricky. And he just barges into the house. And they, Luke and Garrett do this whole thing to try to keep him away from seeing Ashley tied up. Eventually, he goes upstairs looking for Ashley. Luke comes up behind him and hits him in the head with a bat. But then, like, uh, Luke's kind of dancing around and celebrating that he just did this. <laughs> and it didn't knock Ricky out. He just stands up and, like, uh, knocks uh, Luke down. And then as they're struggling around, uh, Luke grabs a pencil and stabs Ricky in the cheek. That gets him down to the point where, like, Garrett walks up and points a shotgun at him, 
and then uh, Luke comes up from behind Ricky and then hits him in the head again with a bat. Now this one like knocks, actually knocks him out and like busts his head open because there's blood on the floor. And then there's like this whole like little cleanup montage, right? Like where they're cleaning up the blood and straightening yeah. everything back up because for whatever reason, like he's done gone psychotic, but he's still worried about like his mom <laughs> getting mad at the uh, at uh, them messing up the house. <laughs> yeah. Now they have both. Ashley and Ricky tied up. Luke takes Ashley's phone and he texts, or or you find out that Luke basically was the one that got Ricky to come. Like Ashley told Ricky not to come because you know she didn't want to deal with him or whatever. They were having like some little yeah. uh, uh, little fight about the fact that Ashley was about to leave. She didn't want him to come. Turns out Luke had took her phone and had texted Ricky to come anyways. Then he takes the phone and he actually calls her ex boyfriend Jeremy to come. So clearly, this is part of Luke's psychosis with Ashley, right? It's like he he basically wants to eliminate her current boyfriend and her ex boyfriend, like take these dudes out of her life, right? As this as this is all playing out, kind of going back and forth, Ashley like knocks the chair over and she picks up like a piece of the glass from the broken bottle, and she uh, cuts her the duct tape off of her wrist loose. Right as <laughs> right at the same time, Ricky sits over there and pisses himself because I guess at some point he'd ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Um, now, did he do or, this? Or, or he had the duct tape over his mouth and he couldn't say anything and yeah. they finally take it off. Yeah, and then he and just like, pisses himself. Like, oh, well, I had to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then Luke kind of freaks out like, oh, God, I got to clean this up. You just pissed on the floor, you know. So he gets down and has to put gloves on and clean all this up. During the, uh, another part of this, she manages to cut one of her uh, one of her feet loose, you know, from the duct tape. And she's bleeding on the floor, so she's kind of trying to hide this, too, because Ricky or uh, Luke is going to freak out that, you know, they're with the mess you know the blood on the floor and then she's gonna he's gonna find out what she did and blah 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 so she's trying to hide the blood then uh she cuts her foot loose as then they make ricky smoke a joint so like garrett has done like uh rolled up a joint and started smoking it luke's kind of freaking out by that but he's like wait a minute let's make ricky smoke it and then like you know then they'll he'll well, have first he was pissed again about his parents like my parents are gonna smell you know, yeah they're gonna, gonna smell I'm gonna, I'm, they're gonna kill me because they're gonna smell the pot you know <laughs> Yeah, that's the least of your worries now at this point, buddy. And, yeah. and you're just making it worse. Um, but then, like, they, they do a thing where they make him take a, a, a hit on the joint, and then they hold his mouth closed, and, like, that little pencil hole in his cheek, like, you can see the smoke coming out of the hole. <laughs> and then they think that's cool, and they make him, like, they hold his nose and his mouth shut so it just comes out the cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're definitely, like, they're psychotic, right? But they're definitely being, like, little kids about it, right? You know, this whole thing. Yeah. So then, like, they drag Ricky over toward the front door, like, below the steps. And uh, apparently Luke and Garrett, it was like this other little subplot where they were having this little debate back and forth whether that scene in uh, Home Alone where he swings the paint can down and it hits the robber in the face. Basically, he's like, dude, if he, if that happened in real life, it would crush this dude's face. You know, a, a paint can swing down at that angle, you know, at that speed or whatever would basically kill you. So they're having like this little like subplot debate on this. And uh, Luke decides, like, you know what, let's find out for real. So he ties a damn paint can up to the top of the steps and starts swinging it at him. Right as Ashley manages to, to cut herself loose and grab the gun that they had that they left sitting on the counter, she comes in and like, uh, I swear if you drop, uh, if you don't drop that paint can, I'm gonna shoot you. He's like, okay, and then he drops it and it smashes Ricky's face. Like you don't actually see it. Well, you kind of see it happen, but you don't see it happen, right? You don't. Yeah. You only see it's one it. of those ed editing tricks of editing type. Yeah, thing yeah. Like you hear it and see. Sort of, but I mean, you don't see the actual impact of his face. 
but you, you hear it. <laughs> you just see the paint from the paint can kind of like go everywhere, and then yeah. like eventually, like and it's paint, yellow paint. Yeah, the yellow <laughs> paint starts mixing with the red blood. So you know he done fucked them up. Like basically, like he just smashed this dude's face and killed him with a paint can. Then she uh, actually tries to shoot at him with the gun, and then of course there's no bullets in the gun. Like, you couldn't see that one coming, right? Like, <laughs> you know this yeah, yeah. fucking gun ain't loaded. Sure enough, it wasn't loaded. So she yeah. takes off running. She manages to, like, kind of get away from Garrett and get out. She, like, she's almost there. Like, she sees some uh, uh, some carolers out, like, in the neighborhood singing. She almost gets to him, and then all of a sudden Luke knocks her upside the head with a brick. Uh, like, basically breaks the brick over her head, too, right? Because, like, you see the brick yeah. on the ground, and yeah. it's like, it's, it's like in two. On the yeah. ground, right? He busts the brick well, on her head. Also, that paint can thing is another turning point, I guess, in the movie, right? Because up to that point, you know, you had the first turning point where he pushes her down the stairs, and you're like, wow, okay, this movie's going in a little bit different direction. Then the paint can smashes and obviously kills him, so that's the set. that's the point where, a uh, point of no return, I guess, at that. That's the first time that somebody's, like, actually died from this now. Yeah, so, someone's dead. Like, yeah, th- this is where it gets yeah. ratcheted up, for sure. Um, yeah. Then Jeremy, the ex-boyfriend, he shows up, and then Luke goes out and has him write, like, an apology letter. Like, tell Ashley, you know, she didn't want to talk to you. She wants to, she wants you to write it down for whatever reason. Like, you know, and this dude being half a doofus, like, he's like, okay, all right. So he writes, like, an apology letter. As Ashley is inside with Garrett, she's kind of, like, working him over. Like, you know, you, you, you know, it's not too late to, to get, help me get out of this, man. Like, you know... You, you know, we can we can get you can get out of this without being in trouble. Like Luke's putting you up to this. Meanwhile, you cut back out to uh, Jeremy writing this apology letter. He's like, "All right, I got it." And you don't see Luke around. All of a sudden, he I guess like he wraps a rope around his neck and then gets on a tractor. The tractor basically pulls Jeremy up and hangs him. And he yeah, because he had he had the rope thrown over the limb right where the swing where he was sitting on a swing like a rope. Yeah. swing with a wooden seat that where he's writing the, the apology letter and then you stands up or whatever like we're looking for him and then the ropes around his neck which had been thrown over the limb i guess where the, the swing was attached to and the other end to the lawnmower which he used to jerk him up because he you know a little scrawny kid and he's not gonna have the strength to do it so he I guess he had the lawnmower at the ready yeah <laughs> and then, and str- then uh, strings him up and kills him um yeah <laughs> and and, the, 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 and that's also that's the point what i was talking about before with that that's the actor who couldn't do stunts and this is the one <laughs> one one of the places in the movie where a stunt was required or yeah. for it to they they had something else planned it was more of a more of a harness thing where he'd be hanging from but it, i guess it ended up the, the way they shot it with the rope around his neck and him leaning forward mm-hmm. they ended up having to shoot it a different way so that it wouldn't be necessarily like an actual stunt and it turned out that i guess the way they shot it looked better than what they had planned anyways with the stunt so yeah well, I mean, it turned. It definitely looks great. I mean, it turned out good. But uh, mm-hmm. as far as yeah. the, the story itself, yeah, it's just like this was pretty crazy. Because, like, once again, like you said, th- this is the point of no return. Like, you've already seen the paint can thing. Now this, you know, so like yeah. now this kid now this is, right behind it, uh, the yeah. other boyfriend, the ex boyfriend. Now, yeah, so like this kid is clearly yeah. fucking unhinged now, right? If you had any doubts before, yeah, he's like the psych- psychopathic Kevin, you know. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, psychopathic version. So uh, right after this. Uh, Garrett and Ashley are going back and forth, like, and then uh, Garrett leans in and, like, kisses Ashley. I, I don't, it's not like, I don't recall whether it was on the lips or not. Maybe it was on, like, the forehead or the cheek or something like that, right? But Luke walks in j- at, just at the right time to see this happen, and he takes a shotgun and blasts his friend Garrett, like, across the room. And then he walks over to him, and they're like, man, you know, like, you didn't, you, you made me do this. You, you touched Ashley. You're making me do this. And then, he shot him again and killed him. So then yeah, he, he was Garrett was, I guess, trying to attempt to let let her loose, actually yeah. loose, because he realized what 
Ashley got him to realize that he was just being used by Luke to begin with from the beginning. And uh, I think he was he was helping her basically going to let her escape, I guess, at that point. Right. When. Yeah. When he came in and uh, yeah, he had already taken the duct tape off of her mouth and everything. And, yeah, I think he's like mid like untying her basically and then like gives yeah. her a kiss on the cheek yep. or the head or something like that. And Luke sees it and loses yep. it. He goes over and sits next to Ashley and they kind of have like, you know, like, uh, you know, I used to be uh, my mom used to. I, this is kind of like, the, I guess, kind of the explanation of what the hell's going on here is like basically like this kid's got like some weirdo separation anxiety from his mom. Right. Like, I guess his mom babied him. And now, like he's he's old enough to where his mom's not babying him anymore, and he misses it. So, like, I guess this I guess this is kind of like where the motivation is. Like, this kid doesn't snap because of it, right? Between that and the fact yeah. that he's he's got the hots for Ashley, who's not reciprocating, and it just he goes yeah. super hormone nuts, right? Basically, and uh, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of explaining this, and she says something like, "I can understand uh, why your mom did that," and then she just kind of like closes her eyes and doesn't say anything. So he steps. Yes, he basically ignores him, like doesn't yeah, acknowledge yeah. you in there. <laughs> she and he comes up behind her and pops out a knife and then stabs her like in the neck, and she just kind of leans over. You know, she's bleeding, and then um, you know you assume there that she's dead. So then basically, th- there's like a few minute montage here of him setting up the murder scene. Like he's making it look like Jeremy came in and killed everybody, like in a jealous fit, basically, right? Uh, with the fingerprints and. Uh, He's the dude that he, he came in and shotgun Garrett and stabbed uh, Ashley and then set up the paint can thing to kill Ricky. Like basically he's pinning it all on Jeremy with the, yeah. with the notes. Which he had already like planned that. from the beginning, I think. Well, yeah, well I, I, from I, the beginning, I, as far as knowing that, you know, having him write the apology letter or to implicate himself. Yeah. And I, what I, was going I, on. So I think he, he already had the plan. He just wasn't sure, I guess, how he was going to do it until things went down. I think I think he basically had all this planned out pretty well. You know, looking back on it after that all plays out and you've seen the movie, I think you're pretty yeah. safe to assume that like Luke had this whole thing planned out and he never intended to let anyone go. I guess unless Ashley was actually into him or something, right? Yeah. Other, other than that, <laughs> yeah. like uh, this was going to go down the way it went down. Basically sets up the murder scene and then like he puts his pajamas on and makes it to bed uh, just in time for his parents to come home to find this murder scene. Then as like the cop, the cops arrive and everything. And as they're uh, investigating the scene, you hear him say something like, Holy shit, this one's still alive, man. And and then they make some kind of comment, right? Like, man, she was really sharp putting the duct tape on her wound. Yeah. That saved her life. Yeah. So (laughs) as they're like, (laughs) as they're like wheeling her out into the ambulance, she looks up in the window because, you know, Luke is in his second floor bedroom and she flips him off. Then the credits start. Then like maybe like a minute into the credits, um, it cuts back to Luke and he says, Mom, I'm really worried about Ashley. Can we go to the hospital? <laughs> and then you see the re- <laughs> and then you see the rest of the credits. So obviously he's going to go try to finish off the job. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So there you have it. Better watch out from 2016. So and like I said, next episode, we'll get Will's thoughts on the movie. But uh Smoke, what, what's your star rating on this one? Um, I got it. This is the second time I've watched it. Uh, so I enjoyed it the first time. This time I could just sort of, you know, didn't have to have, to have the twists to worry about or whatever was going on. I could just watch it and see if I caught anything that I didn't catch the first time around. So I uh, I enjoyed it just as much as the first time I watched it, I guess. I mean, of course, that, you know, the impact of that twist wasn't there anymore. But, but yeah, I still liked it a lot. I'd give it a I'd go with a three out of five. I, I think I'm going to echo what you just gave it. I think I'm going to give it three myself. Um I really enjoyed it, and and that's with the the you know the the kind of the surprise twist and everything of it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I think it's a pretty solid movie. It was definitely a pleasant surprise for sure. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's uh it's not on the level of uh, the Sixth Sense or anything like that as far as surprises are concerned. But I don't think the way yeah. this movie was going, like I said before, that first thirty or forty minutes, you would have seen that coming. You know, so uh, it's a yeah. pretty clever little uh, turn of the screw there, and uh, I, I would definitely watch this again. I enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm gonna go with a three. Since Will's not here to do the kill count. I kind of did a, a... Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, did you do one? Because I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, I, I kind of did the, the, the kill count just off the top of my head, and I count three, right? Because there would be uh, Ricky Jer uh, by uh, a paint can, Jeremy yeah. um, um, by the, the tractor hanging, and then Garrett with the, yeah. the double shotgun blast. Yeah, I, I can't think of any yeah. other deaths, right? So it was just the three. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very internalized story. Not too many characters involved with it. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. Three. <laughs> so that helps out in the kill count. But as far as the gore score, what, what are you going to go with based on that? Gore score? Well, I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about the kills. The first kill, the paint can was probably, the, well, it was the goriest kill. Not that it was either overly gory either because you don't, you know, you don't see the actual You didn't see the aftermath. Impact. You don't see the can hitting the face dead on. You see it from the behind the paint can's view, I guess, of it hitting the face. Yeah, and you and never, then you see the blood. And you never really see his face after that either. Like, you know, there's not even like a cutaway no. of seeing no. what he looked like after that like i think the only shot you see there is like the the paint can kind of resting on his face but you can't see yeah. his face you know but other than that yeah yeah that was, and then the second kill was just that was a hanging so i mean there was of course no you know it, it was violent but there's no there's no gore there so uh and then the third kill was his friend which you see him get blasted across the room he's after the fact you see some blood on him of course and then when he shoots him the second time you don't see anything so not really a blood squib there either, so that one's not really all that gore either. You feel you again, you feel the impact and the violence of it. But, uh, and then he stabs. Uh, why did I forget her name again? Ashley, babysitter. Ashley. Yeah, yeah. With a knife, you don't see any. You see the him behind her, and you hear. You know that he stabs her. And the knife comes out, and the knife's got blood on it. So really, it's not. Not gory premise at all. Uh, so I, I'd probably go with a four. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, like like a lot and of... And that four, like I said, it'd probably be less than a four if it wasn't for the impact of those scenes. Like yeah. the paint can scene, even though it's not overly gory, it's still pretty disturbing. You know, that scene is pretty it's pretty mm -hmm. effective for what it is. So, I mean, the, just the sheer violence of it, I guess, and then the, and the hanging and the shotgun blasting, you know, just for the sheer violence of all of it, I guess you, you go with a, a four and then really not a whole lot of blood. No, no, I mean, a lot of the gore is implied in this movie. I mean, you see some of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's bloodless, because it's not. Yeah. It's not like yeah. uh, 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 Trick or Treat, where, you know, that was a bloodless yeah. uh, movie. But, you know, same kind of premise in that it's a lot of it's mostly implied. Uh, the, the only other thing that I can think of that you didn't point out there, as far as goriness, so to speak, was when he stabbed him in the cheek with the, uh, the pencil. Oh, Yeah. That's the, the that's the only yeah. other thing, and that's not especially good. Oh, either, and the so. bat. I guess the bat to true, the head true, where he's laying, head, laying yeah. in a pool of blood. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, we've obviously watched uh, far more gorier and violent things here on the on the mm. Spook Show, and, um, and I'm sure there's more to come. So, yeah, that's probably about fair. To that end, we'll go ahead and tease what we will be watching next time. Here, we're still in the Christmas season, so we're going to watch a different kind of better. We better watch out for something different is, uh, I guess, kind of uh, what we should say here. Um, a different approach, though, but this time we should watch out for Christmas Evil from 1980. <laughs> now, I only say that because the original title of that movie was You Better Watch Out. So these naturally tie together, so to speak, uh, at least in that regard. I'll read the IMDb synopsis. 
It's a toy factory worker mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real. What? Suffers a nervous mm -hmm. breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a Yule Tide killing spree. So this one's probably <laughs> not... oh yes, the, the good old Yule Tide killing spree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that old uh, holiday chestnut that we all take into every year. Um, this one definitely is more specific to Christmas because uh, yeah. although Better Watch Out is very Christmassy and they do a good job of establishing Christmas and everything, same same premise as we talked about last episode. That didn't have to happen at Christmas. That could have happened yeah. any other fucking like Friday night in the year, right? This kid just decided to lose it on this particular Friday night or whatever yeah, night it was, house. and it was Christmas time. So, <laughs> but this one is uh, there, there are certain holiday movies that actually that either you know they just say okay, it's nice that we'll just set this around this holiday. Yeah, you know, yeah. we'll set it around Thanksgiving, like Home Sweet Home. Same deal, I mean, and like, even even Blood Rage to a certain extent. I mean, they do maybe mention Thanksgiving a little bit more in Blood Rage, but still, it's not like. It's not the premise of the movie. No. And the it, same it, thing is kind of like for for Better Watch Out. But now, Christmas Evil actually brings the premise of Christmas into the whole oh, yeah, aspect yeah. of the it's, movie. It's all about <laughs> it. Like, it's it's, it's entwined. Uh, and, and, and it's basically, basically just based on that synopsis that I just read, it's the reason that this happens. is because of Christmas yeah. and Santa Claus. So... This one is definitely far more specific to the holiday. So that'll be what's uh, coming up next. And like, like I said, uh, Will will be, Will will be back from his uh, Disney World vacation by then. We'll get his thoughts on what he thought about Better Watch Out and his star rating, and then we'll uh, get into Christmas Evil. So uh, you got anything else to add here on uh, Better Watch Out before we uh, clock out? Oh, the only thing I'll leave you with uh, as far as on my end is the tagline, or at least one of the taglines from the movie. You might be home, but you're not alone ah yes <laughs> so uh for will and the professor smoke i'm josh we are the all-american spook show podcast and come back in uh, two weeks to listen to christmas eve And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.